Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And so for me, there's three things. So the three things often came up as a main components of counselling was pride, which was a massive issue for people, pleasure, which encompassed all pleasures, and possessions. It's mine. And so with those things... What I wanted to do, we are going to talk about money today, and um, because it's a really important issue to us, for each of us. And of course it's, it's important because we, we, we pull away from it often, so we know it's important. We know the Bible talks about it, we know that Jesus mentions it. And so, rather than it bring the worst out in us today, which it can constantly do... I want us to, to kind of go back to understand the principles, and that's what we're going to look at today. So you will need just to carry and, and, and stay with me on this. Um, my dad was an atheist, I told you. Um, I was brought up in an atheist house. Uh, my mum was a non-practicing Catholic, so we had a smidgling of uh, Catholicism in our house that Friday we had to have fish, um, or we had fish and chips. So, I mean, we, we, we didn't have... <laughs> We didn't have fish. And on Easter Sunday, we had to have a boiled egg. So they were the two kind of components I remember about uh, the Catholicism part of our family. But my dad was an avid uh, atheist, and he said to me, and, and these are the things that stick with me, the church only want your money. They will not put food on your table. They will not take care of you. They want one thing, that's your money. And so through the years... I kind of bought into this, you know, and without realising it, subconsciously, we hold things and we don't quite know we're holding them till certain points of our life. And so it came up um, again in my mind about, I don't have a financial block, I had a mental block, because I wasn't hearing what the Bible was saying about giving and tithing. What I was caught in, it was my own thoughts about what the Bible says. And you need to understand this, you need to read the Bible to understand what the Bible says. You can't just take bits out willy-nilly to suit what you want it to say. And so, for me, this whole thing was, um, was an incredib- incredibly important. And so, I've really got excited because, once again, I felt, you know, God speaking to me about this whole area. This is what Billy Graham said, if a person gets their attitude to money straight, it will straighten out almost every other area of their life. Now, Billy Graham, you know, uh, an evangelist, um, has kind of caught the nub of it. Um, we have incredibly taboo subjects. And the taboo subjects are we don't like talking about them. So there's certain subjects we resist, we move away from. Um, you know, my dad, and I reference him again, said... You can't talk about politics in our house. You can't talk about sport in our house. And you certainly can't talk about religion in our house. So we had a limited kind of uh, things we could talk about in our house. And of course, you know, I know sport is one of those things. But um, taboo subjects are things we resist. And so you have to ask the question, why do you resist them? Because they're important to us. And so when we talk about this subject... Money is a commodity, not a God. It's not something we run after, it's something we use, something that's been given to us. And so for that, I know that people 
have so many problems and I experience the problems it brings to people's lives, it spoils them. It, it doesn't help them. You know, when, it, when there was a survey done with young people and they said, what's the one thing you wanted? And they said, more money. They wanted more money because it brought friendships, it brought people around them, it brought power. And that's what they wanted. They wanted to be somebody. Money will never take you there. You might think if I had more money, I'd have more friends. I'd have more things. I'd have more power. I was listening to an entrepreneur, and he said that when he didn't have any money, he had a, a, a problem because we, we don't have enough money. But he said, when I had money, number one, I wanted more. So he's a super rich person. He said, number two, I didn't sleep because I didn't want to lose my money. It robs you all the time. So we're going we're gonna to just look at this area now. Um, and tithing and giving, two, two areas. And I want to take us to um, a piece of scripture, really, um, that's going to help us. Now, I've heard over the years, okay, tithing's an Old Testament, it's not New Testament, giving and grace giving is New Testament, we're not commanded to do it, we're not required to do it, and we have all these kind of fallouts on the thing. And that's why I thought it's important we look at the principle that we're talking about. Now, the Bible says in Romans 15:4, for everything that was written is to teach us. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says this is an example to teach us so that we'll understand. This is what I want you to get. The principles of the Old Testament teach us and, and uh, help us understand things. So, of course... Christians referring to it today, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will have hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So the spirit of mammon, we're not going to talk about that today, um, but we are going to talk about the concepts around it. So... Let's go to the favourite piece of scripture in Malachi that people go to. We're going to read it, but I want you to take off your old glasses and put on your new ones. Because people think it's saying something it's not saying. Malachi, you have to read the book of Malachi to understand this statement. If you take it out of context, you misunderstand what God's trying to say to us. And so we're going to read it um, in, in um, NIV. I, the Lord, do not change. Here's the thing. God is not a changing God. He doesn't lie, and he is not going to change for you. His laws are what bring us under what he's going to talk to us about, because he's unchanging. That's God. He can't be anything else than what he is. He's an unchanging God. He doesn't hide in shadows. He tells the truth about everything. He reveals to us all things. And so... So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed, because they would be. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. The New Testament, if you lean into God, if you draw close to God, the Bible says, he will draw close to you. What's he talking about? He's talking about your heart again. It's always the heart. This is not about money. It's not about your belongings. It's not about... It's about your heart that God is beginning to talk to us about. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? 
in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in the house. Test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines of your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, of course, what God's beginning to speak to us about in this is the word rob. That's the word we kind of call in tithes and offerings. Now, the word rob, really, if you take it through, means to defraud or to spoil. Now, if you read Malachi, what God's saying is, if you read this in context, I want to bless you. I want to bless you, but you won't allow me to bless you. Why won't we allow to bless him? Because we need to look at what the Bible says. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, it's a very simple question. Does God need your money? Because if you don't get that bit right, you've kind of missed a whole lot of this. He doesn't need your money. He's got the world belongs to him and everything in it. So what's he, what's he talking about here? He's talking about a principle of heart issues. And the principle, of course, is first fruits. First. That's what he's talking about, that God wants to be first in your life. And so God is first. He can't be anything else. He created everything. How can he be anything else? Because he created it all. So he's first and supreme in everything. And so in everything we do, we need to now start understanding that we have to put him first in everything. So the principles are the things that we're going to look at today. And I really, this is not about money, but it will set you free on so many things. And next week, about being stewards, how God bless stewardship with an abundance is so important for us to understand because that's what he wants to do in your life. So we're going to look at two things, really. Uh, we're going to look at giving in a minute. We're going to look at tithing and principles. But I want us to kind of go through for first fruits and firstborn, because they're the things that we need to understand. Now, there's two kind of stories, and one will be about, uh, for me, where it, my journey started in Jericho. This is where my journey started, understanding first, because I couldn't understand it quite why one man was so cursed for the whole nation. I just, I needed to. And then one day I got it. I understood what it was about. And it took me on a journey to understand the heart of God. And actually, God never wants to curse you. God wants to bless you. You curse yourself, not God. And so what he's trying to tell us is, if you live in this life that I've called you through, followership of Christ, if you will understand the boundaries... I want to bless you. I want you to live an abundant life. I want you to have more. I want you to live in the freedom I've called you to do. Not restrictive. That's not me. Now, everybody wants to blame God, but this part is understanding our part in it all. So we're going to go to a, another piece of scripture, um, really uh, starting in Genesis, because we go through Genesis to Revelation, talking about, about the one, the first. And so... We're going to read this little piece of scripture. You don't have to, but you can do uh, if you knew what it was, and I haven't told you. Genesis 4, 3 and 4. And it says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. 
In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborns of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offerings, but on Cain he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Now we know what that looks like when people are not very happy and downcast and and, uh, we've not particularly got. Um, What's the point of it? In the course of time, Cain brought. Abel bought the first fruit. That's why God blessed him, not because it was the land or the flocks. God blessed the first fruit. And so Abel was blessed because he bought the first. Cain brought something else to God. It wasn't the first, it wasn't the best, it was second, and it wasn't what God required of us. And so when we see and we bring our seconds to God, like we just, we we treat him with disdain sometimes. And this, if I go on just looking at it, if we're going to bring God our leftovers, this is what Malachi says. If you want to go back a little bit in Malachi 2.13, when you bring your injured, crippled or diseased animals and offer to them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands? God will not take seconds from you. He'll always take first. And this is why we talk about first fruits. This is why we talk about giving God first because he's the first and he requires us to give the first. So if you divvy out all your money and at the end you say, I've got a little bit left for God, that's not what he requires from you. It's not how much you give, it's how you give. This is what God's trying to get you to understand and me to understand and the Israelites in Malachi who had moved away from all of those things, including the priests, including the people that should bring truth, they'd turned away from as well and God says, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart because you don't understand first fruits and you don't understand why we do this. You've made this something it's not. You've made money to be what it's not. It's a commodity. It is something we use. It is not a God and it's not yours. And if we understand the first, we begin to understand tithing because we'll go on and just break that open a little bit. But I want us to go on because God redeems the first. If God redeems the first, the rest is yours. It's a simple principle, but whatever you give first, God will give you the rest. And if we don't give him the first, he can't redeem the rest. This is why he says you're under a curse, not because he's saying, you know, you're bad people and I really don't like you and I'm going to speak something. He's saying, I love you. That's what he's saying in Malachi. And actually, I love you to such a degree, you break my heart. Because you won't understand what I'm trying to tell you. And so, okay, let's, let's move on um, because I want to bring this really in. This is such an important part to you and me in first. So we have first fruits and we have firstborn. And uh, this is what Exodus 13, 1 and 2 says. And uh, we're going back in the Old Testament. So I know we're not under the law anymore. I know we're in grace giving. I know we're New Testament people. But please keep your eyes on the principle and not get lost because this runs right the way through the Bible. Um, The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. Now, consecrate, we know, means set aside. 
This is incredibly strong language. God is saying, it's mine. This is not a, a discussion. It's mine. John and Annie, it's mine. The first fruits, it's mine. And so God's not going to discuss this. He doesn't change his mind because we don't agree with him. He says, this is the first fruit. This is the firstborn. And so you consecrate it to me. You set it apart for me because it's mine. It belongs to me. I own it. And so this is a language, it's a strong language God's beginning to say to us that he wants us to understand first. So let's move a little bit on in Exodus. And, you know, these are great books. I don't know if you, uh, you know, some people think the Old Testament's gone, finished, just the New Testament. I don't understand you. How can you read the New Testament without understanding the Old? You know, the Old is in the New, revealed. The New is in the Old concealed so we need to read the bible and we need to understand what the bible is saying to us because god gives you revelation to understand what he's bringing to you so let's read read on this is uh, just exodus 13 13 redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey but if you do not redeem it break its neck redeem every firstborn among your sons now, stay with me, because this, um, this is so important for you and me to what God did for us, because um, we're not talking about... The lamb was an acceptable to the Lord. It was clean. The donkey was unacceptable. It was dirty. It, it was an unclean animal. So we had a clean and unclean animal. So what does it say? That we have to redeem... We've got to redeem the first. We've got, to, we've got to pay a sacrifice for it. So when you understand the first, then you understand that if we don't redeem it, you've got to break its neck. You're going to lose it. It's going to die. So let's understand now. So the lamb is pure. It's acceptable to God. The donkey is unacceptable because it's unclean. So let me ask you a question. Before you found Christ, what was you? Unclean. So what did you need? You needed redeeming. By what? The lamb. Do you get this? It excited me again and again because in the Old Testament, it's telling us a principle of first that saved you and me from what we should have had, death. But Jesus came in because of this principle and he said, I'm going to redeem you because I'm the firstborn and I'm going to redeem you by a sacrifice that nobody else can pay, but I'm going to pay it for you. Otherwise, you're lost forever. So we have a group of people wandering around our world who, who don't know Christ, who are unredeemed at this moment because they've not found the redemption through the sacrifice of Jesus. Does this excite you? Because you don't look excited. This is what happened. This is why excited. It's not about money. This is the principles of first. And so the Bible says in Colossians 1.15, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Everything. God owns everything. He doesn't need you. He chooses you. 
He loved you. He created you. He sustained you. He holds you by his word. Why? Because he has to. Now let's understand. God loves you and me with such a passion. If we can just catch this, I hope you're catching something this morning. I hope you're catching the principles that God is trying to lay down. You're not cursed because God wants to curse you. You're cursed because you won't do first. How can you go to God and say, I won't give you the first? When we have our, our, our monthly wage come through, we, we give God our first, not our last. We give him our first. That's a tithe. That's our first. We don't say, we'll give you something, give in, we'll give you something, we'll just, you know, we'll chip it up and we'll just think, what can we afford this month? We give it because it says we trust you. We place you first. We're going to accept that's the way to do it. And so when we get to first, this is what it's really beginning to talk to us about. In Joshua, in the story of Jericho, now, this is a wonderful story. I love the story of Jericho because Jericho was a battle the Lord won, not the Israelites. If you read, it said, I'm going to give you this. God said to the, the Israelites, I'm going to give you this land. This was God's promise. It was not conditional. When God says something to you that's not conditional, it means God's going to do it. And when God says, I redeem it, the rest is all yours. Nothing else is going to matter because he is the one that's in control, not you. And this is the thing that most people don't like. We don't like being out of control. We like to control. And God says, actually, it's mine. Do you know, the one thing creationists don't like about, or, or evolutionists don't like about creationists is that if they accept as a creator, they have to accept they're created. Evolutionists don't like that because they like to think they're in control. They turned up and they're still in control. But, but they know that creationists said, there's a God and I was created in his image, therefore I can't have this argument. So people like to be in control and particularly over these areas which we talk about, which is one of them's money. And so we're gonna go on. I mean, Jericho for me, was the hub of the Canaanite civilization. It was the, the city given to the worship of the moon. And, uh, and so everything went on in that city. And if you kind of want to understand and go and look at the festival they had, it was almost identical to what God did and reversed. Because God made a statement, always makes a statement. He said, I'm first. You might worship the moon, but I'm first. And I'm going to show you you think these walls, two sets of enormous walls, are going to protect you, but I'm going to bring them down. And the only people that are going to survive in this is Rahab, because she had faith in me. And then we see God saying, don't take any plunder from Jericho, because it's mine. And Achan said, like most human beings, I'm going to take it, because it looks good, it'll help me, and so effectively, I'm going to do that. And so we saw why the Israelites were under a curse. And that's what we bring ourselves into. So let's just look at um, a few scriptures just to help you through um, with this. If I can find out where I am because... Okay. So let's look back. It's Old Testament again. Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. 
Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, these are, these are you know, scriptures that come up a lot. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will bring over with new wine. Listen, please understand me. This is not about how much money you give. It's the heart you give it with. It's understanding the principles God lays down. When you give a tithe, which is a tenth, people say there's no such thing as a tithe. Well, the Bible says there is. And then they say, well, it's not New Testament. Yes, it is. The principles lay. You give God your first. Not your second, not your leftovers, not what you think, because you're saying to God, I don't know, but I trust you because you have everything. And I'm putting my trust in you because you will not let me down. And so in this, God is speaking to us all the time about something that is more important to us than it is to him. It really is. You know, I love looking at people's faces when I talk about money because, you know, they have all different expressions. Um, and I can see all you. Um, you know, we've got to get this clear in our heads. Stop falling out about things we weren't meant to fall out about. You know, we, we, we talk about the tithe. Well, the Old Testament tithe was probably 23%. It was three tithes. You know, we, we, we don't have that. Grace givers give more money than tithers you're not understanding what God's saying he's not saying give me loads he doesn't need your money he's saying give me the first why do we give the first because the first goes into the storehouse what's the storehouse is a local church and what does he bring in the house food what's food it's the bible this is not hard he says, put money in so you have the word of God in here so you understand what God's saying so you can bless your communities. God's not about let's have a rich church where we can have loads of money in here. He's saying whatever you get, put out there. Bless the people. Take care of the people. Meet their needs. But in it all, if you don't have the word of God to work on, you're going to be less. And so let's just get these principles. Are you with me still? not left me no one's left well you half left but you came back so that's fine um, so we, we're going to we're just going to talk about quickly because I've only got quickly now about giving I just want to read you one piece of scripture because that's all we got time for really and it's found in Mark 12 41 to 44 now giving's on top of tithing please understand this giving is on top of tithing not an excuse for not tithing Tithing will bless you, and next week we're going to look at why it will bless you. It's abundant, it's abundant blessings beyond what you imagine. That's God's heart. That's God's heart, is to abundantly bless you beyond measure. Not that he takes from you, you know, anyway. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how much the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw, threw in two mites, which measures a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put more in than all those who have given to the treasury. For they, had, they, for they all put in out of their abundance, but she put out of her poverty in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So we go to one point here and we see how much people give. The rich give. But she gave much out of nothing. 
because you trusted God. So you put in two pennies. Well, two mites meant one quadrant, which is a Roman coin for one. Um, so she chucked that in. But here's what Jesus is saying. Oh, just get this. This is what he's saying. Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money in. Not how much, how they put money in. How's God seeing you? How are you using the gifts I've given you? How are you using the money that's mine? How are you investing? How are you doing? Because he looks at your heart. Do you get this? I get more excited than you. I tell you, I, I get this. I understand why God wants our heart because he's saying this is a heart issue. You've missed it because you've made it a money issue. And it's not money. It's heart. If he's got your heart, you'll give everything. He gave everything to you, so can you not give everything back to him? He doesn't ask. He just said, give me, give me the first. And the rest is yours. I want to bless you. And because Malachi, everyone says, no, God's robbed us. God, God wants our tithe. He wants to steal from us. He wants to, because he, 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 he kind of is a stingy God. He just wants. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, if you give me the first, I'll give everything else back to you. But I will have the first. And I'm not a changing God. So if you don't do this, you bring yourself under a curse. So the issue of tithing and giving is not about the law. It's about the heart. If you don't understand this, you miss God's blessing on your life. Because you're not putting God first. You're not trusting God in all the things that he said we need to trust him in. And therefore, by our actions, we prove that he's not first to us. And we say, oh, it's money in its Old Testament. No, it's not. It's a New Testament principle that runs in the Old Testament. It's about your heart. It's never changed. Never changed. So please, will you take your eyes off the tithe and the giving and put your eyes on what God says to you? Heart. How do you give? Will you put me first in everything? Because that's what God's asking and requires from us and leading us into more and more, bit by bit, he wants everything. Because he actually wants to bless you more than you realise. And so, we'll finish on a, just a piece. This is Selwyn Hughes, a great uh, hero of mine, not with us anymore. But he says, remember this, you cannot serve God and money, but you can serve God with your money. Please get off the money thing. It's a commodity. Okay, we need it. If you go to the shops and you try and bluff it, you won't get out with goods. Unless you're a blatant thief, and then you'll just take them anyway, which seems to work. Um, but we're required to give God the first with a commodity that God has given us. Do you hear that? He gave it to you first. It wasn't yours. It's not yours now. It's his. He gives you back because he's redeemed it from you, and we give him the first fruits. This is not, um, it's, it's, it's more complicated than you actually believe. If you will follow these principles, he will bless you beyond your wildest imagination. Because God's heart is to bless, not to curse. And we've taken a word and we've made it what it isn't. Please go away and read Malachi. It's not a hard book to read, it won't take you long. But if you read Malachi, you understand what God's heart is all about. If you take it out of context and you take the words tithing and giving 
out of context, out of first fruit, out of firstborn, you'll miss the principles of tithing and giving. And you'll make it about money when God said it's never about money, it's all about you. I'll give you everything. Good, you got it? Okay, I'm letting it simulate.